Come on, grab your Bible, turn to Job 36 real quick. God's doing something in this room. He wants to release the word, the power of the word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. God wants to break every chain in a way that brings lasting freedom, total freedom in the name of Jesus. Job 36 is where we're going to be. Thank you, Lord. Worship team, if you need to sit down, you can. If you can hang with me, that's fine either way. Thank you, Lord. I just want to release the word. We want to see what God wants to do today. I just want to begin reading in verse 1. Elihu continued, Bear with me a little longer, he says, I will show you there is more to be said in God's behalf. I get my wisdom from afar. I will ascribe justice to my maker. Be sure that my words are not false. One who has perfect knowledge is with you. God is mighty but despises no one. He is mighty and firm in his purpose. He does not keep the wicked alive, but gives the afflicted their rights. He does not take his eyes off the righteous. He enthrones them with kings and exalts them forever. But if people are bound in chains, held fast by the cords of affliction, he tells them what they have done wrong. They have sinned arrogantly, he says. Hmm. He makes them to listen to correction and he commands them to repent of their evil. And if they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. But if they do not listen, they will perish, he says, by the sword and die without knowledge. Verse 13, the godless in their heart harbor resentment. Then he talks about chains again. Even when he fetters them, they do not cry for help. They die in their youth among male prostitutes of the shrines. What else does it say? But those who suffer, he delivers in their suffering, and he speaks to them in their affliction. When I read this passage this morning, for the, I don't know how many times, there's something that, that came to my mind as I was reading in the early service. That not only do we see a, a message here to Job, who is a man who went through a lot of persecution, but we really see a message that is trying to be prescribed to the body of Christ in the day that we are living. That the reason, bride, the reason, body, that you're in the shape that you are, and the reason that you're going through the things that you are, and the reason that you're experiencing the the agony and despair and gloom is because you blew it. You messed up. You're wrong. And all this condemnation and guilt that comes with it. See, Job was a man who felt such pain in his life. I don't know if you're familiar with Job. But he felt pain in his life, hurt in his life, because he was an easy target. He was one who... The Bible says in a, in a strange conversation that happened in the cosmic supernatural where the devil came before God Almighty and said, I bet I can take one of your own out. God said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, if you'll, if you'll, let me, if you'll remove your hand from me and let me do what I want to do, I promise you he'll renounce your name. 
God said, you can go as far as you want, just don't take his life. And the devil began to take things from Job's life. Darkness began to swell up on his domicile, upon his family, and upon his heart and home. Even his body got sick. He was ravished with great pain. Job went through a lot. Job went through a lot. And here we see one of his friends have come to him, Elihu. Have you had any friends that they seem like help, but they're no help at all? They're convenient friends. Just they're conveniently there at the wrong time. Or maybe friends that you love them to death, but man, they just have a way of saying things that they don't... You, they have no idea how bad that hurts you. And here Elihu is coming before Job, and he's saying the reason that you feel shackled is because of your own sin. This is Old Testament theology that says anytime you get sick, anytime you trip, anytime you mess up, anytime you get a bruise, or anything that bad happened, there must be sin in your life. And let's be, let's be honest. We know that the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It does not make us exempt from sin, does it? Pain or this life doesn't mean that we're exempt from sin. We, we have sinned and come short of God's glory. But some, some of us in this room, you've endured some things, not ne- maybe because of the sin that you've walked in, but maybe you're carrying things that generations have carried before you. Mom, Dad, Grandma, Grandpa. Maybe something just in your generation, in your lifetime. You've been wrapped up in something. And we get wrapped up in chains. We get wrapped up in chains. There's a man by the name of Harry Houdini. Anybody ever heard of him? And so, Mr. Houdini, he made a living being an escape artist. And they would wrap him up in chains, bind him in chains, put chains all over his body, and then he would escape. He would escape the chains. He made, a, he, he, he made a career out of doing this. He died at the young age of 52 years old. 52 years old from a burst appendix. And it was because he, he wasn't in chains at all. But there was an author that wrote about his life called A Mind in Chains, a psychiatrist, in fact, and gave kind of a biography about Houdini's life. And they said that, that, that people always observed how close he was to his mother. He would just cling to his mother all the time, all, all throughout her lifetime. And he had this dependency. And it was almost as if the chains that Houdini put around himself to break out of to all audiences was an indication of inward chains that he had in his heart and in his mind. This was a psychiatrist, not a Christian. Not not a spiritual person, just someone who analyzes the mind. They noticed that he had something on the inside. And so what Job 36 is telling us is that it doesn't do any good to have an escapist mentality. Escapism will not break the chains that you have on your life this morning. Escapism won't do it. Because just as Houdini was able to get out and escape from those chains, 
guess what? The next night, in order to pay the bills, in order to put food back on the table, he'd pick the chains back up again, have them wrapped around his body again. And then he would escape again. In Job, in the book of Job, Job's wife told him to curse God and die. What is she saying? Job, there's one way out. You could just escape. I am telling you, God wants to break the darkness and the spirit of self-destruction right now. He wants to. Because he knows, God knows, he looks over humanity, he looks over the world. There's too many people who said, maybe it would just be better if I'm out of the way. And I want you to hear the voice of the Lord this morning. He's saying, no, you're too valuable. I don't want you out of the way. That's escapism. Now Elihu comes and is wanting Job to escape the chains of sin, only to wrap himself up in a different chain. He says, you've, you've surely, you, you've blown it. You blew it, Job. You messed up. He said, I need you to escape sin. You know why? Just so he'll put on the chains of religion. This is if I can work my way out of my predicament. If I can work out my own salvation. Doesn't the Bible say to do that? But yeah, we are saved unto good works, not by good works. Yes? We're not saved. Good works won't save you. Job said, how do I do it? He had friends. Elihu's saying, break off the, the chains of sin, but he's wanting to put on self-righteousness. See, escapism, all escapism does is it trades one chain. We sort of do this. And then we want to escape from the chains. And we escape from one chain just to trade it for another one. We trade it for another one. But the thing that I want us to realize is that God desires to break every link of every chain in our life. I mentioned this last Sunday and God's been stirring this on me for about a month and a half now. We will trade one chain for another if we're not careful. I want you to look at verse 5, if you will, again in our text. Because there's at least one line that Elihu says, and he gets it right in verse 5. He says, God is mighty, but despises no one. He is mighty and firm in his purpose. That's true, isn't it? God, you're mighty. God, you are mighty. And you despise no one. He is strong enough to break every link of every chain that ties us down, holds us back. I've had these chains in my pockets the entire time of worship. And, and I felt the weight of these chains. And they're small chains. But here I've had them in my pocket. And all, all through worship, I could just feel there's extra weight there. And it's not too bad. But when I feel the weight of this, and this is not a heavy chain at all. This is 20 foot of light gauge chain. It's not heavy at all. But if you have a chain that can say pull a pulling unit up into place. If you have a chain that could tow a vehicle. If you have a chain that can uh, be situated around logs or I-beams and hoisted up in the air. We had to use chains when, when we erected this building and we had LVLs and we had three skidsters on one LVL, big chains wrapped around them. Six-foot chain, six-foot section of this chain was a lot for me to pick up. Now, Brent, would, it would be no, no problem for him. But for me, I had to struggle. And so we sort of, we could trade one chain for another because we could say, you know what? I can manage this. See, see, see. It's okay. 
looks real good, doesn't it? Now, I'm not preaching against jewelry. I'm not talking about jewelry. I'm talking about how we sort of adorn ourselves with chains in a way that it's no big. It's no big deal. We sort of say, you know what? It's okay. It's all right, see? Now nobody will notice. It's all right. But God's not in the business of, of trading one chain for another. What I saw in my spirit when I read Job 36 and I read Job's life, I see God supernaturally breaking every link of every chain in your life, in my life. Every link of every chain. That's, that's his desire. Every link must be broken. And so when we hear the song, I hear the chains falling. And we hear that sound. When this song first came out, I don't know, it's probably eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, I can't remember. I remember somebody saying at their church, when they were singing this song, and to the beat, they would drop chains. I hear those chains falling. I've heard that sound many times throughout my life. My dad does custom fence building and he uses chains every day all the time. But that's not the sound that I heard in my spirit. Even I, I would say this too. I had another, another piece here. I, I ask you this morning, is that a chain? Is this a chain? It's, it's one. When, when I went and picked up these pieces this week, I thought it was interesting. I found this among the pieces. And I would say to you, you, we could argue this is not a chain because it's one link, but I would say it's a start. It's a start, isn't it? It's a start. See, what God wants to do when He says, I want to break the chains, I see God breaking every link of every chain in our life. Every link is broken. There's not one of these links in here that's like this. I know because I went through them all just to make sure. There's not one link that's whole. Every link of every chain. Why? Because I know on, out on the farm, when I would help dad, we'd be pulling fence posts. I had to get decently good at it. He would, put, he would put his, drive his tractor right up there in a line of T-posts. We need to put new five-strand T-posts in there. He'd pull, he'd pull up there, we'd wrap it around, pull it. Go up to the next one, wrap it around, pull it. We're using these chains to pull the post. Then we would use them for heavier things. And every once in a while, there'd be t so much tension on that chain, one of the links are weak and it would break. See, if there's something holding you with a chain, there's force on the other end, and one link breaks, you can simply just go get like a carabiner or a threaded link, and you can repair that chain. What I see in my spirit over the centuries of Christendom, 2,000 years, is that the darkness desires to repair the chains of the previous generation. 
Darkness desires to repair the chains that God broke off of you yesterday. Darkness desires to keep it going. And that's exactly where darkness wanted Job to stay. Job, stay there. Stay there in the pit. Stay there in the mire. Stay there in the shadow. Stay there. But I want you to see this. Because God brings freedom and He breaks chains in His own divine way, in His own divine power. Notice how Elihu speaks on God's behalf. Did you catch that in verse 1 of 36? He said, I'm speaking on God's behalf. And the only way that we have the authority to speak on God's behalf is when God gives us that authority. God gives us that authority. See, it all comes from Him. But I want, I want to show you this real quick. Look in, Just turn two chapters over and look at Job 38. Look at this. I've never seen this before. It doesn't mean it wasn't there. It's always been there. I just was like, aha. Look at verse 31. Just three verses. Can you bind... Now, if you have the NIV, it says, Can you bind the chains of Pleiades or Pleiades? What is that? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Who is that? Can you bring forth the constellations in their season? Oh, now we know what he's talking about. What is he talking about? Stars. Stars. This is God speaking, by the way. This is not Elihu's pontification. This is not Elihu's message, sermon to Job about you need to straighten up, Job. Because sometimes when you hear you need to straighten up, man, those chains just get tighter, don't they? They get tighter. You need to do better. You need to learn to be better. You need to get your act to, together. But God says, he asks these questions after he asks a host of questions. He says, can you bring forth the constellations in their season and lead them out, lead out the bear with its cubs? Again, another constellation. Can you know the law of the heavens? Can you set up God's dom dominion over the earth? In other words, God is saying, Elihu, I will speak for myself. He didn't need Elihu to dumb down the message for Job. He didn't need Elihu to expand and expound on what God was saying. He said, Elihu, you want to speak about stars and about chains, rather? You want to, you want to preach about chains? Okay. You want a message on chains? I'll give you a message on chains, God says. Because what he's talking about is... With what God is used to dealing with, Elihu's talking about rinky-dinky chains. We would not take this, this kind of chain, to go do a heavy-duty job. We just wouldn't. And God deals in heavy equipment. He knows how to set up and break apart anything. So he is talking about the stars. Talking about the stars. He's saying, Elihu, look at the stars. Now, real quickly, does the, does the book of Job really talk correctly about stars? Yes, it does. According to J. Warner Wallace of the Cold Case Files, it's an internet website where he is actually a homicide investigator. But he's also a believer, and he took these three verses and put them with what we already know scientifically, 
Because how many knows we don't need the Bible to prove, uh, we don't need science to prove the Bible. The Bible proves science. Let me show you what I'm talking about. He writes, he has a, a, a PhD and an MA and all these different degrees. He says that the text refers to three constellations, Pleiades, Orion, and Articus. The fourth, Maseroth, is still unknown to us. Boy, isn't that odd that God could put something in the Bible that's still unknown to us? Yeah, because that's how he is. He's all-knowing. He says, in the first verse, God challenges Job's ability to bind the sweet influences of Pleiades as if he was saying, hey, Job, if you think you can keep Pleiades or Pleiades together, well, I can. And as it turns out, this star or cluster of, of stars is also known as the seven sisters. Stargazers will know this. It's an open star cluster in the constellation Taurus. It is classified as an open cluster because it is a group of hundreds of stars formed from the same cosmic cloud and they are apparently the same age and have roughly the same chemical composition. And the most importantly, here it is, listen, they are bound together to one another by a mutual gravitational attraction. A mutual gravitational attraction. A mutual gravitational attraction. God has them chained together. And he says, at the, at the moment I speak, I can unchain them. They're stars. We need our star, the sun, to give light, to give life, and to give balance. We use it for warmth. And here is a, a cluster of stars. And the Bible says that they're, they're chained together. But, uh, but astrologers know that they're moving throughout space in synchrony, like a flock of birds called the seven sisters. God has them chained together. He says, I'm the one who put them together. I can tear them apart anytime I want. So you don't think I can take care of your chains? Now, God's not diminishing your chains. He is not making light or little of the chains that you're facing. What he is saying is, I can be in full control if you'll allow me to be. I can break, God says, every link to every chain that's in your life. I can break every link because I don't want to leave segments behind for the enemy to say, well, I'm glad they dropped that. Yeah, God broke that chain. God broke that addiction off their life, but I'm going to get them with religion next Sunday. And they're going to think they have to work it off, and they're going to think they have to work it out, and they're going to think that it's how they dress and what they look like and what they smell like and all of those things. But God wants to break it off, doesn't he? Every link to every chain. Every link to every chain. God says he's strong enough. He's strong enough. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing right now in hearts and lives. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We hear, in, if, you, if you look in the last chapter of Job, I'm not going to read it. It's a special chapter to me in chapter 42. God restores everything. He restores everything. Job's family begins to grow again. It's, it's not as though that God's replacing one child for the, for the next. No one is replaceable. We're all valuable. 
but God restores. And he says, I want to break every link of every chain. Every link of every chain. I mentioned 13 years ago, what, I, what, what I've mentioned before, <clears throat> not yet this morning, is when we first moved here, the parsonage wasn't ready yet, so we sort of stayed weekends at the Boomtown Inn up here on the hill. And I remember many Sunday mornings walking out to the edge, and I was looking in this same direction. I was looking sort of over the Central Tech Business Center there, and I was looking over, and I began to see, I began to see these all over the community, all over the community, bondages, chains, that there were, there were sections of them being broken off over time, but I began to see God loosening those, and I didn't get the clear, full picture until within the last six months when I saw as if we could lay out this chain, and I could have done it this morning. I, I have a pair of bolt cutters, and I, I, I think I can get through those. But these big boys over here, I'd need my dad's cutting torch to get through them or one of the pieces of machinery they have at the hardware store to bust through that. And it takes a while. When I asked them to even cut that, that section of chain, that 20-foot section off for me, they had to put it through a machine. It probably took her 15 or 20 tries just to get through the lightweight. We are faced with real chains in our life. But we serve a God who wants to break every link of every chain. Pastor, I want you to get ready to lead us in that song again. In fact, just go ahead and start that song, if you will, because I believe that God wants to do something mightily in this room today. What you've been accustomed to is you've been hearing when you, when you hear people say, I hear the chains falling. You hear a cluster of chains falling. But what I hear in my spirit what I hear in my heart that, wants, that God wants to do through my life today. Because i got to tell you that even the Holy Spirit is showing me, Kevin, you've got, you've got some sections of chain that are on your life. And yeah, they're, they're convenient. And they'll fit right there. They'll fit right there. And what's the difference? What's the big deal? But you know what? One section leads to another section, leads to another section, leads to another section. And we serve a God who He desires to break every link of every chain. I don't know what this is going to sound like, but I know what it sounded like in my spirit. And I just want to show you this morning. This is what it sounds like when every link of every chain is broken and it begins to fall in the name of Jesus. God wants to do it. He wants to break it off. Every link of every chain, not just sections, not just parts, every link of every chain in the name of Jesus. The things that have been over your family, the things that have been over your mind, the things that have been over your heart, every link of every chain. When, I, when God says, I hear the chains falling, He means every one of them broken in the name of Jesus. Every one of them broken in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for breaking every link, every chain. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and stand with me this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for moving and stirring and working in this place as only you can do. Thank you for breaking off every link of every chain.
in the name of Jesus. God, there's some hearts that are already ready right now. They're ready to receive the freedom, the freedom. God, I hear that's what your spirit is saying. You want to give freedom because who the Son has set free is free indeed. You want to give freedom, Lord. Freedom in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.